Good morning. Hey, <laughs> it's Monday. We're starting a new week, and I am excited about what God has in store for us this week. Every time we open up the closet door, the prayer door, that closet we go into, that prayer chamber, <clears throat> every time we open that up, we never know what we're going to meet or be introduced to or encounter. Because in the king, in the spirit, the presence of the Lord, rather, in that atmosphere of prayer where God relates and communicates and loves on us and we, we inter, interact with him, there are so many different created beings that move through that throne room. Take a snapshot out of um, the book of Jeremiah. And you will see in the first few chapters where he goes into the courts of heaven and things, different things move through there, different entities and beings and created spiritual beings. What a experience it is just to come into his presence. Now, <clears throat> we Pentecostal charismatics, we've, we come in far enough to feel, you know, the electricity and and even go as far as being slain in the spirit, as we love to do and, and speak of, or a, prof a prophecy, or an, a, something that just thrills us. But what about what's just beyond those experiences? You know, they say sometimes good is the enemy of best. And I think that some of our revelation some of our experiences in, in prayer satisfy us to the point where we don't go in any further. It's like a cookie before dinner. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that your experience or mine when we have ecstatic encounters and, you know, we're knocked on the floor. What, I mean, it could be very dramatic. I'm not saying that's just a cookie, but what I am saying that it can satisfy us to where we don't venture on further, where God has more revelation, more insight, and more direction for us. So that's Monday. That's going to that's that's the start of this week. God is opening up the portals of revelation and wisdom and insight and promotion in the era in the era in the season we're in like i have never seen before and i've been in a few seasons <laughs> i started my preaching journey early on i was probably nine or ten when i preached my first sermon in a sunday school or youth class then I launched out as a teenager at 15 and went on my own at 17. So I've been doing this a while. And in the process of that, we've been through revelation. We've been through breakthroughs. We've had personal encounters. But I tell you what, if we are satisfied with the leeks and the onions of Egypt, we'll stay in Egypt. But when we're dissatisfied, it'll push us out into our promised land, toward our promised land. Amen. Well, I tell you what, this is a preaching day. 
Welcome to our, did I tell you I'm George Watkins in case you haven't met me before? Thank you for coming by. And we are involved in kingdom building. We're building the kingdom. Whatever tool you have in your hand, you're essential. You may have a screwdriver or a hammer or a trowel, as we're going to talk about here in a minute. But you are an essential part of your uh, region, your territory, your, uh, your, your commission. You've been commissioned by God to be where you are and in the season you are and in the, in the place that God's placed you. All right. Um, if you <laughs> uh, preach myself happy already, if you haven't subscribed to YouTube, do it. It's a good help for both of us. Thank you for that. And like us on Facebook and we're on, uh, we're on rumble. You can go there. Some good, uh, good contact there. I'm having some, some new people tune in on rumble. We're also on, um, uh, Instagram and that's, you can carry that in your pocket. It's a, it's a quick and easy way to listen and tune in. All right. Now we're talking today about building the kingdom in the time of trouble. And I want to reflect out of Nehemiah and his, his commission to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. Now the history of course is that Jerusalem's had <laughs> a lot of trouble and for a long time and they tore down the walls and the beast, the wild beasts were roaming the streets. Does that sound familiar? How about some of our city streets that have wild beasts on them. I mean, demonic inspired situations that are dangerous. So our walls certainly have been broken down in the spiritual sense, but let's just take a snapshot of Nehemiah for a moment. He got, he got permission through the leading of the Lord from the king. He was, he had favor with the king because he was the king's cupbearer had personal relation. And the king saw that he was downtrod, downtrod, down face. He was, she was sad, <laughs> sad looking. What's the matter, Nehemiah? Oh, my people, they don't have a wall around their city. Well, go build one. That's the short version. <laughs> Amen. So he, he goes, he goes to, the, to Jerusalem to build the wall. And the first thing he does, I, I, I just love this storyline because it speaks so much of what we, you and I, when we encounter a project, a spiritual project, what we must do. First thing he did was he went alone, left his bodyguards and all of his counselors, all the voices in his ear, what he should do. He went alone in the night around the city to check out the damage to see exactly what he needed to, to get material wise and labor wise to build that wall. Well, that tells me that you and I need some alone time. We need some alone time without the voices in our ear and uh, <laughs> without the phone in our ear and out the computer in our face so we can hear the Lord's plan for us so he can speak into us wisdom and we can hear the voice that tells us this is what you need to do and you must do okay so the first thing he did he went out by himself and got 
a plan and put it together in his spirit, in his mind. The next thing he did, he organized people in groups. He found the talents that were needed over on the north wall, and he found those that needed on the south wall, and he knew how many bricks and how much mortar and all the things it takes to build a wall in that era of time. So he organized everything together. Now here's here's a phrase in that storyline that I love so well, and I've preached on a few times, I'm sure, over the years. Nehemiah describes the workers. Now remember, the dissidents, the complainers, the gripers, the critics, the, uh, the enemy comes and is trying to discourage him. What are you doing up there, you silly guy? You don't have any business here. Go back home. You don't have that talent. You can't do the work. This is our town. We like it just the way it is. Leave it alone. Sounds like religion to me, doesn't it? Sounds like the, uh, a church group, a religious group, a denomination, a certain way of thinking. I told you the other day there's a word called orthodoxy, orthodox or orthodoxy theology, something like that. It means that your theology has to fit everybody else around you. That's what a denomination does is when you join up, you have to sign the pledge and they give you a list of things they believe. And if you don't believe the way they believe, then you don't get in. And, <laughs> and if you change the way when you're in, then you go out. I've been there a few times, believe me. I traveled, most of my life I've traveled from church to church in some form. In the early days especially, I had to know in advance what this church preached so I wouldn't get kicked out before the end of the week. <laughs> Believe me, I've had that happen. Pastor says, well, I think the meeting's over, George. Something I said, <laughs> possibly. Well, that's in the past, okay? But it's because it's that orthodoxy theology. On the other side of that wall of formed and framed and frozen theology, revelation, is heresy, according to this group. You get on the other side of the wall where this group calls it heresy, the next group calls it revelation. Now, look at the Catholic Church. They have it down pat. I mean, they've got the theology of the crucifixion and the suffering of Christ. I mean, they know it to the detail, and they've gone over it and over it. Martin Luther comes along, and he has a revelation of the just shall live by faith. And so a whole group of Lutherans come along, and they've got that framed out. And they've, they're, they're, they're determined. If you're going to be a Lutheran, you're going to stay a Lutheran. <laughs> I was talking to a pastor in a group we were in, and as far as I knew, what he told me was that we don't convert people to Lutheranism. They're born into it. Well, that's that's one plan, I guess. Now, then comes along the uh, the 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 uh, the Puritans and the Pilgrims and uh, 
the ones who begin to understand the spirit and the ones who came into Pentecost and the ones who came into prophecy and the ones who came into all the gifts of the spirit that begin to manifest themselves in this thing we call the kingdom of God. On the other side of that frozen wall of theology that we frame ourselves in is God's revelation. Now, in this building of the wall, there are going to be people that say you're you're wrong and you can never go there. You can never do that. Because of that, Nehemiah said, our workers had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other hand. What that mean? It mean it meant they kept working while they were in defense of the wall. And in case someone got too close to them, they'd whip their sword out and say, "Back up, buddy." Either that or they just drive them off. Why? Because in your life, trouble, the main reason for trouble is to get your attention off your task, off of what God put you on this earth for. Trouble just is a distraction from the main purpose. And our main purpose, here it is. Here it is. Jesus brought it down to two. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Two, he knew we could count that high. <laughs> now, so with this in mind, sword in one hand, a trowel in one hand, the worker, you know, building the wall, doing the gifts, building the church, raising the family, doing the job that I need to do because I've been called to be a lawyer or a bricklayer, whatever I'm called, I'm on the job, I'm, 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 I'm a good father. That's part of the wall of the kingdom, building your children, feeding into them the things of God. On the other side is your prayer life. On the other side is the sword where you know how to wield that thing and chase off uh, the enemy from your family and stand in defense. We're never consumed with a wall. We're never consumed. We cannot be consumed with just work, 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 work. There's a spiritual side of us where we must stay vigilant. That's something. You can build a wall. At the same time, there's trouble. I wouldn't be here today, and neither would you, if you if you believe the first person that didn't like you. That'd be about the second grade somewhere, maybe the first. <laughs> I my name is George, by the way, and they used to call me Georgie Porgy, Puddin' Pie, kissed the girls and made them cry. When the boys came out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away. You don't think that hurt? I'm short, or I'm shorter than most. I'm a small kid. I'm new in most of the schools because we moved in our first, you know, the young years. I was moving all the time. One year, I think it was my fourth year, I went to 10 or 12 schools. We, we traveled every two or three weeks. And Georgie Porgy was always there. Everybody knew it. It was a common phrase. Well, I finally changed it. Georgie Porgy, and when the boys came out to play, I rearranged it. I said, he knocked them flat and walked away. I had to speak to myself some kind of courage. My goodness, nobody else was helping me out. And I wore big, thick glasses, and they called me, you know, all the glasses jokes. 
Hey, <laughs> I'm healed from that, by the way, in case you wanted to know. Don't be sending prayer cloths to me. <laughs> uh, that's an illustration. It's not a confession. But we have those times to be distracted when someone doesn't like us or doesn't like our testimony, doesn't like our theology, or doesn't like the way we sing in church. Come on, folks. That's just a distraction. Focus on the main thing that God's given you. If you're a singer, sing. If you're a preacher, preach. If you're a writer, write. If you're someone who is a who has government or any kind of talent, my goodness, in our pastoral days, my ushers were as important as my elders. The doorkeepers, the, the ones who kept the parking lot safe and clean, the ones who were in the nursery taking care of the young saints while we were out there with the old saints. All of those people were, were just so vital to each part. There was no one that was second best. Okay, well, I've kicked off Monday for you. And for me, by the way, I get the first blessing. <laughs> Love you guys and gals. Thanks for stopping by. Going to be a great week. Set your sails for a good wind to blow you in the right direction. As we just fellowship the Holy Ghost. And remember that Jesus never fails. Amen. Till tomorrow morning, don't forget, subscribe if you haven't. And if God's nudging you to send us a financial blessing, do it through PayPal or the address below. And we receive it with thanksgiving, knowing that blessings always come to the giver. See you in the morning.